James, you mentioned civilian casualties and you mentioned that Indra Street is much the same then as now. And one of the things that one will notice about the street is that there's many street traders selling vegetables, selling flowers. It's a crowded street now and, and I think was then as well. So was it kind of reckless for the IRA to be launching attacks like this? Was there many civilian casualties? A lot of the action now around that area, the civilians would have suffered. As in most wars now, most modern wars, civilians tend to suffer an awful lot. And that, as you said, it would have been full of traders, it would have been full of people walking up and down, doing their, their weekly shopping. The weekly shopping was done on a Saturday evening. And uh, at one stage there was an attack and a woman was killed, which left a lot of children without their mother. So that cattle brewer was, was incensed over this and he decided that there would be no more attacks on a Saturday evening because it was the busiest time of, of the week. The guys, their reaction to it was that the Saturday ambush is postponed until Monday. So the IRA men weren't too concerned with civilian casualties? I'm sure they were concerned because of it's their own people they're, they're fighting among. And I mean the traders got to know them after a while. They would see these guys coming and uh, they would just melt away. The raw was great for uh, for taking in weapons or taking in dispatches as well. Or if a guy was running away, he could always dump a revolver, someone to pick it up from. They were very friendly towards one another. There doesn't seem to be much animosity from the civilians towards the IRA, more animosity towards the British shoes. Fire would have been just as indiscriminate as the IRA and they probably wounded or killed as many people as the IRA did. But, I mean, they're the ones that didn't seem to get much stick it was mostly the British. James one of the big landmarks on Anger Street for most people who know the area is Whitefriars Church and that would have been a centre for people going to Mass on a Saturday night or Sunday morning or Holy Days. Did the authorities within Whitefriars Church or the Catholic Church as a whole have any objections serious objections to the IRA's campaign in the area? No they seem to be a little bit uh, sympathetic now actually to the the IRA in the area and at, at one stage there was allegedly uh, shots fired from the Priory in, in Whitefire Street and it was actually raided then by British Army troops afterwards looking for arms or ammunition and that a couple of people were arrested in the local area. From the accounts at the time there doesn't seem to be much of a backlash against the IRA from the church authorities in that area. I was just wondering what the response was from the British Army. Did they recommend that or order that uh, troops would would cease to use that route into Dublin? Would they start to use alternative routes or would they they start using extra patrols like patrol more heavily? They didn't change the routes anyway. I suppose if changing the routes would have been an admission of defeat. What they were really prepared for was that the conflict was beginning to escalate around the summer of 1921 and uh, the British were changing their tactics. They were adapting their tactics to the IRA so they could confront them and probably defeat them. They were putting out more patrols, they were putting up pickets, cordons, lookout posts on higher buildings and all. They were getting prepared for a long war, uh, as were the IRA, and the truce comes along then, and both sides taking a breathing space, but the politicians had decided different. But the British Army was adapting, as, as they always do, you know, and then the, the IRA have to change their tactics too. In your article, you list the casualties for Dublin, which are surprisingly high. I mean, they're over 450, I think. But also, that you see the number of IRA prisoners taken by the British is increasing in those last two months of the of the war. So do you think if the truce hadn't come along, what would have happened to the IRA in Dublin? By truce, you have about 5,000 men behind the wire or behind the jail walls. 
The British were increasingly getting better at their intelligence. But the War of Independence was primarily a, a Dublin and Munster affair, and there was considerable tension as which of the two was most important. But if the capital could not be contained, there's little hope for the rest of the country. And Ned Bry, who was a, I must point out, was a Killerman as well, and worked Michael Collins as, as his, one of his main intelligence men in the castle, he says Cork and Kerry could be wiped out, but as long as Dublin was there, the war was guaranteed. So it was essential that Dublin keep fighting and that the British did not control Dublin. However, if things had worked out longer, I think it would have just ended up like the recent troubles in Northern Ireland. You would have seen to the mid-1970s how high the casualties were, how high the amount of attacks and that, and then they just petered out into a kind of an acceptable level of violence. And that's probably what would have happened in Dublin at the same time if the war had continued. We can't speculate what might have happened, but what did happen was there was a truce and then unfortunately there was a, a civil war. So how did the men who ambushed and who fought on, on the Dardanelles, so-called, in the War of Independence, end up in the civil war? Well, mostly the active service unit and um, the squad, they formed a, what was called the Dublin Guard. And these were pro-treaty, most of these. So most of the squad and the active service unit, after the Customs House attack, what was remained of the squad and the active service units came together and formed the Dublin Guard. During the Civil War, these became pro-treaty. These were Collins's crack troops. Uh, they formed the basis of the National Army. Where a lot of the rank and file in the Dublin Brigade, I felt, uh, kind of went anti-treaty. So the guys you're talking about in the industry area, the, Dar- the Dardanelles, they, to me, would have been um, more anti-treaty. And a lot of these, a couple of these guys would have ended up executed by their own side in the Civil War. And in the Civil War itself, do we know, was there a similar pattern? Was the Dardanelles used again as a, a an ambush point? No, it's something I haven't really studied. But um, again, it was because it was much of a, much the same. We're, we're still using the same barracks and the same areas the, the National Army was. So there was a lot of attacks on them. But uh, whether it you know, was the same as it was during the War of Independence, it needs a, a bit of work on maybe just to see whether it was. It, at the time, my part of the study was just uh, the War of Independence, but I'd like to have a look at it and see that it continue into the Civil War as the same sort of an area. Mm-hmm. Okay, James Durney, thank you very much.